Thursday, the 18th of March, and welcome to The Breakfast Show. I'm your host, Mark Anthony, and yes, we do have a new theme tune. Um, I hope you like it. Um, we're still playing around with the format of this show, but um, yeah, new theme tune, so uh, get used to that one. Uh, we will get to the news headlines in just a second, but first, let's take a look, as we always do, uh, with a look at who's celebrating a birthday today. So, many happy returns to rapper, actress, and TV presenter, Queen Latifah, and also to Dragon's Den star and professional wealthy bloke, uh, Peter Jones. Uh, Peter, if you're watching, and I'm sure you are, uh, and you'd like to invest in the world's smallest and most vertical daily news broadcaster, you know where to find me. Okay, on with the show, and we'll be right back after this. If you enjoyed this show, please consider supporting us. Go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash demolition news. And we start with the news that at long last there's some progress in the prosecution surrounding the death of five recycling plant workers in Birmingham back in July 2016. Uh, two directors of a recycling plant where five men lost their lives uh, crushed under a collapsed wall have appeared in court for the first time to face charges connected to the tragedy. The two men each also face uh, four charges, two alleging they failed to discharge their health and safety duties to employees and to others not employed to ensure that they were not exposed to risks, and two charges that further claim this failure was a result of uh, their consent or connivance or was attributable to neglect. The fatal accident actually occurred on the 7th of July 2016, approximately five months after the collapse of the boiler house at the Didcot A power station that claimed the lives of four demolition workers. And I'm not the first and I probably won't be the last to draw parallels between the two incidents. What I find astonishing uh, is the fact that it's taken almost five years for this uh, scrapyard one to come to court. I don't condone the time that it's taken to reach a similar conclusion over the Didcot disaster. I can see why that would be more complex because of the, the sheer scale of, of the number of interviewees that, that, or witnesses that need to be interviewed, the number of stakeholders that need to be taken into consideration, the amount of evidence they need to trawl through. But in the accident in Birmingham, a wall collapsed and crushed five men. I can't for the life of me see quite why that's taken so long to figure that out. Uh, all that being said, uh, as I was coming on air today, uh, I read a news story over on the Construction Index about a, file, uh, a fatal piling rig accident that's taken a full seven years to reach a conclusion. Um, something needs to be done about that. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what it is, but I, I think the HSE does need to respond more quickly to these things. Now, construction of roads, bridges, cycle lanes, water, gas and communications to service the 10,000 homes set to be built at Meridian Water in Edmonton will start later this month. Uh, Enfield Council has entered a framework agreement with Vinci Taylor Woodrow, Bam Nuttall and Volker Fitzpatrick to deliver the £90 million works as part of a wider £6 billion North London regeneration scheme. Uh, the first tranche of work is expected to generate 150 jobs, supporting 10 skilled apprenticeships uh, with at least £4 million of uh, contracts going to local construction companies, which is great to hear. Uh, so far, the council has won £170 million in infrastructure funding from the government. Uh, Vistry Partnerships is overseeing phase one of the project that includes 950 new homes, of which half will be affordable. Uh, work on the first 300 homes will start later this year, with the first completions due in 2022. 
Now, maybe it's because it's reported in The Guardian, a newspaper that's as easy to despise as the Daily Mail, although for slightly less obvious reasons. Uh, maybe it's because it's a story about a pair of French people and Brexit has just rubbed off on me, even though I voted to remain. Or maybe it's because it just shows a complete lack of understanding and self-awareness, but more on that shortly, about an industry that I love. Whatever the case, the news that French architects Lacaton and Vassal have won the Pritzker Prize, has simultaneously rattled my cage, ruffled my feathers, and generally got my goat. That, but that's not entirely true, actually. It's the reporting of the prize, and in particular, a specific quote that has caused me to come over all angry of Wimbledon. According to Lacaton and Vassal, I'm sure that's not how it's pronounced, but I'm enjoying it. Um, Demolition is a waste of energy, a waste of material, and a waste of history. For us, it is an act of violence. Well, sacre bleu and mon dieu, what a load of nonsense. This is an article that appeared in The Guardian, and what it's failed to identify is the fact that demolition is, in fact, one of the key sources of materials for the construction industry. And and what makes this so ridiculous, or even more ridiculous than than my pronunciation of of the two people's names, is the fact that the article goes on to state that the two uh, architects in question are somewhat minimalist in their approach. Um, They were commissioned to uh, regenerate a public square in Bordeaux in France. And their solution, they looked at it, probably charged a, a fortune, and their solution was to replace the gravel. Now, presumably, they charged an absolute fortune for that consultancy, and they then used uh, virgin gravel that had been ripped from the very bosom of Mother Earth, um, which, you know, surely that is an act of violence, way more than um, a demolition process actually putting materials back into circulation. So, yeah, you can find out more about that over at Demolition News if you're that way inclined. Now, as I sit here, I'm roughly 27 miles from the town of Horsham, uh, which means it will be nice and easy for me to go and visit the site once work gets underway on an industrial unit owned and operated by a company called Forza Doors. I'm saying Forza, it could be Forza. Um, but first, the contract for that demolition needs to be let. According to the Builders' Conference, who know about these things, the existing industrial unit is to be demolished and replaced as part of a £1 million upgrade. Uh, as I say, the client is Forza Doors, aided by Folks Architects. Uh, although it isn't yet confirmed, Sunny Hill Construction is thought to be in contention for the main build. Uh, you can find out more about this contract lead and more besides by visiting buildersconference.co.uk. Or you can ask the man who knows about these things. Um, we don't normally have a guest on these shows, but good morning, Neil. Good to see you. Uh, good morning, Neil, you know, of uh, the Builders Conference. He is the man with his finger on the, the very pulse of uh, the industry, and it was him that told me about this uh, this particular contract. Before we get on to this one in particular, Neil, we, we are... Does this constitute a boom? I've looked at the BC Live <laughs> this morning, and, and we're at £5 billion a couple of weeks into the month. It looks like we're heading for another bump a month. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I wish I, <laughs> I wish I knew. Actually, Mark, uh, it's quite remarkable, really, isn't it? You know, we're just over halfway through March, and we're already at sort of like what is it, something like five point two billion pounds worth of contract awards. So yeah, I can only say that the uh, uh, construction industry is definitely powering the UK economy at the present moment in time. 
Yeah, I, I mean, what I what I find really surprising is you, you started very kindly to send me through details of, of, de sort of demolition projects that are out there. Not only are you sending them with with a great degree of regularity, but you know the response that I've had from from some of the industry is it's almost a case of, well, thanks for sharing that. That's fantastic, but I'm absolutely chock a block with work already. It, you know, it, I need. The thing that surprises me most about it this time around is, you know, when we've, we've had sort of good periods in the past, it's tended to be sporadic. And I know you and I touch on the fact that a lot of demand is, is London-centric, but this upswing in, in construction and in, in demolition does seem to be pretty much national. It is, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a... It, it, it seems to have gone throughout the country, uh, this uh, boom. It is, it is more concentrated around London, Manchester, uh, Birmingham, but you'd expect that. But generally, across the whole of the UK, we are seeing an upsurge in uh, uh, projects that are going going forward. Um, that obviously uh, brings into uh, consideration: Are we going to have a skill shortage in the future? Because um, all these uh, projects need people to do them, and if we've been kind of a dormant over the last, I don't know, year—not quite dormant, but you know, a little bit quiet—to um, re-energise an industry and also get production line. And I know you spoke about yesterday, JCV um, going to hire some more people. I think that's going to be. Uh, uh, carried on through a number of actual manufacturers across the UK and hopefully um, people will see us as an industry to join very very quickly yeah I, I, I mean the, the JCB news obviously was was, was good news and, and positive news uh, you know following the fact that they had to lay off some people at the beginning of the uh, the COVID crisis but I think what is more telling is uh, we reported previously about the fact that in order to reach net zero targets that the government set we're going to need something like 320,000 new um, workers in the construction industry by I think they said it was 2029 in order to reach the targets for 2050 we, we we've had a skill shortage in the industry for as long as I can remember and yet we've, we've suddenly got to come up with more than a quarter of a million new people in the next eight years or so uh, to drive that net zero demand I'm not entirely yeah. sure how we're going to do it particularly when we've got our projects like HS2 going on they're going to be a, such a huge draw on our workforce anyway yeah, I think there's got to be a different mindset, really, that um, when we look at our education uh, process, um, we kind of now say to people, yeah, there are many different uh, uh, areas that you can go into, but don't forget construction because uh, it's going to play a significant part going forward from now. You just talked about the green side. You know, when you're recladding or... Um, I know from, I think it's, is it 2025, something like boilers, isn't it? There is no, going to be no gas boilers installed. So we, we really have to start to invest today, which is, you know, 2021, um, and start training these people so they are ready uh, and on the market for us to actually use uh, once all these projects start coming through the pipeline. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that stood out for me from, from that CITB report that I, I'm drawing upon for the 320,000 uh, new workers, they reckon that about 85% of the buildings that will be in existence in uh, 2050 have already been built. Uh, and that, that kind of brought to mind the fact that a lot of the people that are going to be driving that forward, and, and, and even sooner, you know, HS2, you know, HS2 is going to take a decade or thereabouts to, to complete. So a, a good number of the people that are likely to be required to deliver that are currently quite possibly at primary school, quite possibly haven't even been born yet. Um, that's where we need to start. You know, I, 
it's, it's all very well grabbing school leavers and that kind of thing but you know the, the demand that we're going to have is as I say it's a decade away we, we need to be trying to convince people that construction is a good place to be you know when they're eight nine ten eleven years old don't we absolutely um, and hopefully there are uh bodies out there that are listening to this interview between the two of us because it's not just a case of uh, talking the talk we have to walk the walk because we've been here so many times through our careers both you and I that we and you would report on it and we when I was working for a, a, in the construction industry itself for a contractor we would continuously be searching for good people um, and it, it, it's not a case of oh it's one once in a in a lifetime it is on a regular basis so i hope people are listening to this and starting to uh, take advice or, or or look at um our sort of figures the real-time information it's no good getting the information i think the ons came out with some figures the other day from back from december well that's no good to anybody you need them now you need to be uh, agile you need to be getting forward and, and, and starting to prepare because it won't be long before the new school term is actually being um, planned for because we're now in march april you know not soon to be in april and the new school term will be september so colleges universities and all that have to start to wise up to this effect that we need more construction workers yeah that, that's one of the, the key frustrations that i find i mean I, you know what Watching um, my my friend and occasional co-host Peter Haddock um, has been doing a lot of work with the likes of Flannery and Lynch and people like that. You know, they, they've set up shop um, in and around the HS2 route, <clears throat> and they've put in place training schools and that kind of thing. So the industry itself is is doing what needs to be done, but you can only train people in construction once they're out of school. You know, and uh, what I think what a, what the construction industry is, has been very very good at, and particularly the plant industry, I would I, I'd have to say, is the fact that they've ident identified a need, they've ident identified where that need is going to be, and they've done something about it. Are the schools around Birmingham, are the colleges, the universities around Birmingham, or on the HS2 route doing the same? And unless I'm missing something, I don't believe they are. And and, and I know we have, um, I think it's an annual event. In, in normal circumstances is an annual skills event at, at the NEC but from memory I mean certainly the construction industry and the demolition industry have very very little presence if any at all there mm. and, and yet you know with with HS2 with Commonwealth Games and various other bits mm. and pieces you know you you would have thought that would have been a real hub and a real place to, to drive some change yeah and it's also looking like the uh, uh, the UK itself uh, is going to also do try and get the uh, uh, football world cup uh, as well so when you're putting all these together all these uh, you know marquee projects as well as just generally the retrofit of many many buildings we could be in a skill shortage in uh, the not too distant future um, and and it, yes probably we've got to look at how we uh, our, how we manufacture stuff and I know you've had on your programs previously that uh, there are certain industries now that are taking a lot of their uh, ideas and things from the Formula One um, which would interest and that's what we've got to get over to young people is the fact that it isn't just um, dirty horrible cold wet on site there are many different facets to our industry yes we have got that part where we've got to go outside and build the things but you could also look at modular uh, prefabrication inside as well so we really have to take off our shackles and not just because we've done it like this for so long we've got to be totally open-minded open-minded to rather open-minded no, absolutely open 
Absolutely. Look, Neil, I, I, I know you've, you've hopped on at a moment's notice and I do appreciate it. I'm going to let okay. you get back to the day job um, in Thank a second. Right. Just one, one final point. I, I want to end on a, a more positive note. Obviously, you know, skill shortage is, is very much a, a real threat. But you have to say construction is going great guns at the moment, isn't it? Uh, it's tremendous. It really is. You know, um, as I sit here now, I've got the live dashboard up in front of me. Um, we've put on just in the month of March, uh, 602 uh, new construction projects we've entered onto the system. Uh, so they're new uh, and we've not seen them before. Uh, and that's with a value of something like 8.1 billion pounds. That's that's projects. But if you just look at contract awards, um, yeah, we're up to, uh, what is it now? I think it's over 200, something like that, uh, even more than that. So we're over 5 billion pounds worth of work there, you know. so. It's powering forward, and and once the full lockdown is uh, starting to ease, I, I can only see it getting busier. To be honest with you, uh, from from your lips to God's ears, as they say, um, Neil. I'm going to let you get back to the day job. Um, I'm going to wrap this this show up in a second because um, because you've arrived, we're already running about ten minutes later than we normally do. So okay, <laughs> which is a great thing. Thanks ever so much for your for your good input. to speak to you. Thanks for good. thanks for hopping on at a moment's notice. Good to speak to you, Mark. Right, just one more thing before I get back to my day job, uh, whatever the hell that is these days. Uh, I watched a TV documentary uh, last night um, called Our Silent Emergency. I don't know if everybody else has, has actually seen this. Um, the show itself was funded by Comic Relief and, and it was hosted by Roman Kemp. And it's about the rise and rise of male suicide. Uh, obviously, this is something we've covered on Demolition News for a number of years now. Uh, suicide is is prevalent among young men. Um, it's even more prevalent right here in the construction industry. Now, I'll be honest, I didn't have particularly high hopes for the documentary. Um, a, a show about male suicide fronted by the privileged offspring of two 80s pop stars didn't sound like a particularly good mix, but I can highly recommend it. Um, and I will gladly admit that my preconceptions about Roman Kemp were proved entirely wrong. Um, he, he came across exceptionally well. He covered the subject very, very well. Uh, if you're here in the UK, uh, you can still catch that show on BBC iPlayer. Uh, if you know someone, or if you are someone with um, mental health issues, or you're struggling at any point, this show will, honestly, it will be of genuine value. I, I would highly recommend it. Uh, I think that will just about do us for today. Um, I'll be back here tomorrow, same time, same place, for our 20th, our 20th consecutive Breakfast Show. Uh, but until then, stay safe, have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for watching.